In their arrogance, the people across the water called it the New World. We called it our world. It is a land unspoiled by white man's sickness and by white man's greed. Welcome to the United Tribes. You won't be staying long. Alright, who wants to tell us what happened last time? I can tell you what happened with my character. So, my character, Betty, and Joseph Reck uncovered a plot by the Ironclaw family to essentially sterilize anyone who was not not Native American. They they basically uh, they uncovered with this with the help of a rebel group led by the notorious Shadow Override, and uh, you know they 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 took a meeting with Shadow Override, and um, they took it, a meeting. <laughs> it's business. It's not personal, Andrew. Can you read us the minutes of that meeting? <laughs> was was Debbie from the Steno pool there? Point of order. Yes. Point of order. And, and, and the hot. final item on the agenda was that Shadow Override revealed himself to be Lester, who we know from uh, the regular Reigns for Our Universe. And if you'll recall, Shadow Override is, uh, you know, quite withered, you know, seems to be suffering from some sort of neurological disease or, or some such, you know, uh, no le- use of his legs, very feeble use of his arms, rides around in a wheelchair. So I can ask, fill in what uh, my character uh, is doing. Joseph Rettinger, uh, he apparently escaped from Ironclaw Tower with a fellow prisoner who'd been getting uh, beat the hell out uh, of uh, by the guards. We're just wailing away on the poor guy. And kind of hazy on what happened. I think I must got hit in the head, but we came to while we were uh, downtown in the Catholic church. So in the course of uh, changing out my bloody prison garb into some donated clothes in the church, I discovered these, these ornate, beautiful uh, winged tattoos on my back, which I have no memory of getting, which also have writing in Aramaic saying uh, Ramiel, uh, naming an angel named Ramiel. So it's somewhat what spooked uh, Joseph, who kind of ran off and uh, decided he needed to get out of town before the Iron Claws uh, tracked him down. Best way out of town from his reckoning was to hitch a ride on the uh, giant German uh, dirigible Zeppelin that was currently docked there. So I found my way in I uh, by, by knocking out and taking the place of a German SS captain. And once in, I was, was looking around and, and discovered plans of this this plan Germans had come up with Ironclaw to sterilize the non-Native Americans. And when we left me, I was on my way to find an armory uh, on the, the Zeppelin. Well, again, as I'd like to point out, the, the, this is a very slanted view of the actual events. <laughs> um, uh, there, uh-huh. there, there, there are terrorists in Sipawea, terrorists that attack my, my tribe's way of life, terrorists that don't want us to uh, join with the Aquians. Terrorists who don't want you to sterilize non-Native Americans. Facts, not evidence. Terrorists <laughs> that need to be found. I think they are. I found the plans. <laughs> we tracked them. The Duke and I. My buddy, the Duke. Yes. We, uh, we, we tracked them via helicopter to a boat owned by Yosef, one Yosef Wreck, who's on the radar. That's where I am. How about you, Duke? I'm right there with him. But what's going on with you? Well, I was uh, hanging around while um, 
Excel was trying to track the bombers with the computer, and Jeremiah was trying to track them in the spirit realm and see what he could find out. Uh, let's see. I know that we noticed that the Germans were conspicuously absent. So, yeah, we went to uh, check out why they had vanished. And I do believe I sent my uh, good man Cousteau along with Ayana to make sure that she was uh, she was going to be okay wherever she was so that we can continue our diplomatic nuptials. The Ironclaw family sent the the women's and the children's you know off to their their safe house you you sent Cousteau along to watch over she's a very valuable asset we don't want her damaged we had uh, come up with a plan to leak out to the internet the idea that a hacker had hacked and gotten the uh, decryption algorithm to decrypt the files that shadow override had stolen and we set up a honeypot there and set it to trigger. So if he comes in following the leaked hacker instructions, it would trigger and we'd use the magic to trace it back again. Except this time, instead of being at the tower, I'm out in the city, basically uh, running around doing patrols, trying to be you know, closer to the action when the, uh, the call comes. Betty. You are uh, still in shadow, still with all of the freedom fighters. And I'm throwing that up in air quotes. Uh, yeah. Freedom fighters who uh, are opposing the uh, Sipawayan way of life. Or I'm sorry, the man. You know, you guys have been going over this this plan the Iron Claws seem to have. You know, where they have doctored the water supply as uh, one part uh, of the, of the poison. You have learned that that the Nazis are bringing in some. S- s- type of aerosol chemical agent to enact as the second part of the poison. So you guys have had two questions. One is how in the world are they going to keep the UT citizens from being affected? Because, you know, everybody drinks the same water. Everybody drinks this. Everybody breathes the same air. Only the, the Aquians drink the same air. How are, how are the UT citizens protecting themselves and two, how in the world are they going to have the you know Nazis deploy the aerosol without it just being quite clear that they're gassing the citizenry of uh, of Sipawea? Well, and I believe we uncovered that the first part of the equation had already been distributed, right? Correct. It's already in the water supply. Well, and we've got that word partisan flashing up on the screen behind Shadow Override. Correct. And you, you guys also ha- had that you know reveal. Per, that Iron Claw somehow appears to be over 500 years old. That yes. you know you have a book in his writing with written with a modern ballpoint pen, uh, but with ink dating over you know 500 years in age in his you know big leather bound journal that you stole from his office. You know, along with some of those computer files um, along, you know, and there are references to time travel and a time machine and somebody called partisan. You know, it's it, it seems a fanciful tale, but you've got, you know, certainly some some evidence that supports that maybe there's some veracity to it. Uh, Shadow Override's people have been scanning in the journal so that they can you know, quickly you know, go through the information there. And maybe I'm just imagining this, but didn't we have some type of conversation about the amount of energy it would take to operate some a machine of that magnitude? Yeah, yeah the the, que- the question was, and Shadow Override or Lester uh, 
you know, scoffed at it when you said, you know, he must have gone back in time. And, you know, he said, you know, the the power that, you know, is required to travel back in time to, to reverse time is, you know, almost incalculable, incalculable. It's really not possible. You couldn't do it. But, of course, you know, this is the evidence that you have. Well, uh, can we scan? Well, this is a question for Shadow Override. Can we scan for any type of mass? I mean, I would assume it would probably be the largest mass of power in the UT. There are certainly, you know, at- atomic power stations and whatnot. You know, there is one here in uh, Sepawea. Shadow Override makes the comment. He's like, you know, in order to do that, you'd have to you'd have to practically detonate the thing. You'd have to have a nuclear explosion, you know, in order to, you know, it, it's like I said, it's almost incalculable the amount of power that you'd have to have. You'd have to destroy your home in order to to accomplish it. You'd have to burn the bridge behind you. Well, he had to have done it at least once, assuming that what we're seeing is true. His assistant goes, oh, my God, I know how he's going to do it. She looks up and she looks over at y'all and she goes, I know how they're going to deliver the the aerosol. She brings up an image up on the uh, one of the big computer monitors and you see a news headline that, you know, talks about in honor of the wedding of Duke Eris and Ayana, the Germans are going to be conducting a you know, spectacular laser light show from uh, their Zeppelin. The Germans are going to gas the city. Should have seen that coming. Do we know at uh, where – well, I guess – so this is at the wedding that this is going to happen, or is it going to be prior to the wedding itself? It would be the evening of the wedding, so it would be tomorrow night. But I'm assuming we know where they're launching from. The Zeppelin is full full and out front at, at one of the docking towers towards the water. I mean there's no doubt on where the Zeppelin is. I think we need to go – stop this before it can even get in the in the sky lester is going through some of the data that's going across the screen and he's like look at this there's some references here about the fluidity of time iron claw 200 years ago is talking about you know he's pointing up to these writings about how time is fluid until it reaches the matching point until time levels until time until this time reaches the same time of the prior history time can be changed it can be restored but once it matches time is locked in it's kind of like hitting undo and then moving forward exactly but it will save permanently is there any reference to when he came back when he when he started tonight well we have to get a move on then we have to not only do we have well we know he's gone back in time, but we don't know what he's cha- – well, we do, but based on the book, right? Well, you know some. You know that uh, his people were persecuted and robbed and decimated in, the, in, in his, his history and that he came back to restore them to grandeur. I guess I, – I don't know if, if we can find this time machine. We can undo the Reign of Ironclaw, but are we – resetting the world back to a time that to any better than what we're in now i think i have an answer one of the assistants said from, from across the room and she she's you know going through some of the electronic files that you were able to pull down she says i've got images from that other time i think that somehow mr ironclaw is linking his systems to the machine i've oh. got some images and she starts throwing them up on the screen 
And, you know, you, you see a world that looks very different. When you see images of the UT, you see uh, vast forests and, and, and plains and you see, you know, Sipawea and then very, you know, the images, the few images that come out from inside the, the, the nation are, you know, just idyllic. Um, you can see sprawling cities. You can see giant industry. And then the thing that you find really shocking you know, as you're, as you're looking at these images, you can see this multicultural population. You can see Asians, you can, you can see Africans, you can see white people, you can see brown people. Um, what you don't see a lot of are UT citizens. Um, but you're seeing all of this go across, and then you see something even more fantastic. You see uniformed heroes, kind of like the Sipawayan or UT uh, super-powered warriors, that you see and, and their fanciful getups, but you know you see lots of these in the same multicultural uh, type type of heroes, and you hear this gasp behind you, and Atlas is looking at, at the screen. You see a man who is identical to him standing next to another man, and this man is 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 wearing a a, a black jacket and trousers, white shirt, uh, bald shaved head, and he gasps and is visibly shaken by this. Images continue to go, and you are captured by one in particular, Betty. Um, you see one that of a woman who looks a lot like you. Now, of course, she's wearing a mask, but you recognize you know, your, your posture. It's unsettling. It's like looking in a mirror, except she's wearing clothes completely different to, than yours. You see, you see, you know, other images and, and, and whatnot go by. You see a picture of Joseph Reck looking, you know, out there in his in his fighting togs and whatnot, and those images stop. She freezes it up on on uh, one one of the images, and it has a, a note beneath it that says World Defense Force, and it's like twenty different uh, uh, people in, in brightly colored garb. This is the world he came from. It doesn't seem all that bad. And she brings up one last image. It's a massive-looking Anglo man, big, big chiseled jaw, giant chest, cape flowing behind him, and the the caption under it is partisan. Is, is so is that is that part? I mean, do is that partisan? Is that the partisan that we keep seeing everywhere? How how would he? Why does that word keep coming up? The the assistant says, I believe. The machine belonged to him. Partisan's time machine. This is, but but no references to how he powered it. No. Or where it might be. No. Joseph, you're walking down the hall. Don't walking down the corridor. You know, looking for the armory, and you hear some voices coming your direction. Okay. Behind me or in front of me? Forward. Okay. And so as you, as you come around the corner, you see two individuals both of whom you recognize. The first one is is uh, Jeremiah's brother, Nestor, and the other is one of Baron Fenris's sons. Now, it's hard to tell which, since they're, all three of his sons are identical. You see the two of them coming down the corridor. You know, the, uh, the, the Baron's son is, of course, dressed in his uh, SS uniform, and, you know, Nestor is in his tactical uniform for, from UT. And they're both coming your direction. You were interviewed rather closely by right, Nestor. by Nestor, yeah. So I'm going to roll and see if he notices who you are. So I do have my, my SS uniform on with my hat, you know. You do. And so I'm going to give him a diff- difficulty of a six here. He does not recognize you and walks right on by. Very, is it appropriate to snap them a salute or do that? Does, does, does the son actually hold any military rank? Oh, yeah. So, yes, it would be appropriate. I will snap the son, a, uh, the Fenris son, a, a salute as he goes by. He gives you a very casual counter salute and continues on. Yeah. 
And he is just gigantic. You know, he's like 6'5", as he muscles past you. Well, you know, it's just a normal dude. I'm going to avoid the gaze of giants and continue to follow uh, the route <laughs> to the armory I plotted out earlier. Okay. So, uh, you, without further incident, you locate the armory. And, and so describe it to me. It, there is a secured door. Beyond the door, you know, there's a window in the door, and so you can see a, another officer sitting inside the room. Uh, and it's just a very small room, enough room for his desk and for him to check things in and out. Uh, and beyond that is a large locker, you know, walk-in locker for, for folks to you know, check in and out our uh, equipment. Now, is the level of security, is it a, uh, you know, swiping key cards? Is it, is it locks? What, what type of security? There is a swiping key card function here. And do, does my do I believe that my my credentials would get me in? They have worked so far for you, and you are you are holding a, the rank of captain. All right. Okay. I will uh, swipe my way. Try, attempt to swipe my way in through the first secure door. Okay. So you swipe your card key, and the light turns green, and you're allowed entry. You know, based on my my knowledge uh, and experience with with Germans, uh, do I feel like I need paperwork to get what I want? The Germans are nothing if not bureaucrats. Okay. Uh, I will walk up to the little window and wait for the, um, uh, wait for the guy to, uh, acknowledge me. Okay. So he, and just to, to clarify, there's a window in the door where you can see into the room where the, where the guy is and your card key gets you into that room. Okay. So I'm in the same room with the guy. Correct. Yeah. And he's looking up from his desk and he's like, yes, how can I help you? Uh, I will, uh, rattle off my needs in a, you know, because I, I assume this guy's an enlisted man. Oh, yeah. In front of yeah, me. absolutely. I'll, I'll rattle off what I need. And uh, amongst some more mundane things, I'll uh, ask for whatever the equivalent in this world of C4 is. I will need to see your papers. Oh, Lord. So uh, I'll tell him I haven't had a chance to fill them out before and re- ask for the uh, requisite forms. Opens up his, his, uh, Cab his his you know drawer there at his desk and you know pulls out you know several sheets of paper and hands them over to you. I will start uh, in my perfect German scrawling filling them in. So you're you're filling them out and several minutes pass as you're having to to work with the pen because the pens run out of ink and he has to give you another one and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then he's telling you I'm going to need your initials here yeah and here yeah and your signature there yeah today's date uh huh your enrollment date. Okay. Uh, your your serial number. <laughs> okay. Your initials. Uh-huh. Your initials. Uh-huh. And date. Okay. So 20 minutes pass. And, As we're uh, doing this, I, I want to just have a small talk about, you know, all uh, what, what things are like in a simple way and just have some light banter as I'm filling out, you know, mindless paperwork. You come to learn that his name is Gerhardt. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he has a lovely family back in the fatherland. You know, he's looking forward to, to, you know, earning his leave so that he can, uh, you know, spend some quality time with the, with his housefrau. Okay. Can, can I get my stuff now? <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, uh, you get your stuff. Tell me what all's there. Uh, it's some, some, some tactical gear, like, you know, a harness, uh, some, some extra magazines, a, um, um, when I took this guy, did I, did I take a pistol off him when I took the captain? Yes. Uh, some extra magazines for the pistol um, and uh, some detonators and, and several blocks of C4. Very good. And then I will, you know, tell Gerhardt best of luck off to serve the Baron's will, whatever they say to each other, and, you know, flip them a salute and walk out. Golden Abend. God. <laughs>
being being undercover is so hard. Jeremiah, the Duke, and all of their peeps. I can't remember. Have you guys landed the helicopter, or were y'all just hovering? We were about to land. Okay. So you guys saw one of the Fenris boys on the deck, Joseph Rex's boat, wandering about, and y'all are setting down. Tell me what you're going to do, guys. Uh, I'm looking around for Joseph Reck. Uh, you don't see any sign of, uh, of life on the boat other than the guy on the deck. And you're away from the boat right now. I will tell the pilot to land. Where do you want to land? You want to land close to the boat where they see y'all, or are y'all trying to be, you know, uh, secretive? Oh, I'm not secretive about it. We can land close. Okay. So y'all come right on up and land right on the pier just opposite the uh, pleasure cruiser. And you see the fella, you know, the the helicopter crew trains their spots on the boat itself. And so you see the figure on the deck and, you know, snarling and, you know, trying to block the, the light from his eyes. Is the boat docked or is it out it, from? It's, it's docked. It's docked. Okay. Yes. And you guys notice as, you, as you're, you know, as you're landing down, you know, the sea is, the, the ocean is rather choppy. Uh, and there's a storm coming up. You can see a storm out to sea kind of sparking on the horizon. Nice. Um, I'm headed for the boat. Yeah, me too. You head up and you see the young man in his SS uniform. And he's like, oh, Mr. Ironclaw. Hello, Duke Harris. Uh, Wolfgang? Uh, no, sir. I am Otto. Oh, I I apologize. Um, what brings you here? Father had something he wanted to investigate. As do we. You step up on the deck. You know, you you don't see any signs of combat or damage or anything like that. Though you do see uh, the the main doorway leading into the uh, the cabins below has been torn from its hinges. But you don't see any sign that there was a fight on the deck or anything like that. What happened to your door, Otto? Well, it turned out that it was a little locked. Just a little. Were you already down there? Uh, father asked me to stay up here. Ah, so they're down there. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, my men won't bother you. We're looking for Joseph Rack. He is not here. Hmm. I look at the Duke like, I'm not sure what we do now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of have an idea. Can I walk somewhere where this guy can't see me directly? Yeah, you can step around to the other side of the boat. Okay, then I'm going to quietly slip into the water. Okay. And I'm going to see if I can press my ear up against the hull of this boat and see if I can hear anything that might be going on inside it. Okay. I'm going to have you roll me a notice. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you have the skill? I do. Okay. Uh, for this roll, your difficulty is a five. Yeah, I have heightened senses in my uh, echolocation trick, so okay. uh, let's see. We're looking at a six. Okay. Um, you uh, you can hear conversation going on inside the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, you, 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 you kind of tune in a little bit, and you can hear Baron Fenris, and he is talking to his son, and they're discussing. Uh, you, know, you, you can hear crashes. You can hear things falling. Uh, but it doesn't sound like they're fighting or anything. It sounds like they're 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 you know tossing the place. Uh huh. Do I hear any conversation at all? There's got to be proof here. Keep looking. All right. I will. Uh, I will come back up um, on the dock and I'll I'll try to get Jeremiah's attention. So uh, uh, while that's happening, uh, so Otto, did did your did did the the, the general tell you what 
what he was, what lead he was following? Uh, the general, you mean the Baron? Baron, I'm sorry. He had some information suggesting that uh, that uh, Mr. Rack and his associate were not on the side of the angels. Mm. Well, we don't have anything that concrete. And then I, I see the, the Duke kind of giving me the high sign. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll be like, uh, carry, carry on, Otto. I'll, I'll be right back. He and I'll head, I'll head down the dock. So I, uh, I listened in on a bit of a conversation. The Duke is down there below decks, tossing the place with his son, looking for proof of something. Maybe proof that this Joseph Wreck is the one that's uh, behind these problems? Could be. <sighs> well, he's obviously not here. No, he's not here. Oh... <laughs> Let me see. Let me let me see what Excel has on us. So I will I will call Excel. I'm out on the streets, just uh, waiting for something to trigger on the phone. Sure. And so you know you're you're running the whole time, or are you just hanging out? Uh, no, I probably stopped running at this point. I try to. Uh, I'm not too far from them because I know where they were going. Okay. So I'm fairly close, but uh, still trying to stay in the basic area where last time we tracked the hacker to. So uh, you're you're standing there on the corner and your your uh, earbud rings. Go for Excel. Yeah, this is this is Jeremiah. Um, do you did you have a, do you have the eyes on uh, or do you have any idea how we might find Joseph Wreck? He's not on his boat. No. All right, hold on a second. I'm gonna pull out my smartphone and just see if I can find anything online real quick. Like where his current whereabouts might be. Like any other property that he owns in town? He doesn't own any property in Sipawea. Okay. Because I don't figure there'd be anything about where he is right now. Right. So I'm just kind of looking for where he is. I owns. didn't know if you, like, you were looking for like the entertainment news or something to see if maybe he'd been sighted in town or something. No, I'm just, I'm just trying to see if any reference to him in town owning anything. No, none. You're, you don't find any evidence of that he has holdings in Sipawea. Okay, I pop back on... Uh, Sorry, boss. I'm not coming up with anything. He doesn't seem to hang out here very often. All right. Uh, well, keep uh, keep keep on notice then. Uh, I'll, I guess we'll try to do it my way. Aaron, I'm going to uh, hang up the phone, and I'm going to try summoning. Okay. What are you summoning? I am summoning birds. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm pulling up a picture of Joseph on the uh, smartphone. Mm-hmm. And if I happen to find one with his lovely assistant on, all the better. Not that I know that she's... Oh, okay, sweet. You do. You find one from uh, from last night's event, so... Okay. So, assuming you want me to roll my spellcasting here. Absolutely. That seems fair. That is a three. You're going to need... Uh, I'm going to make your difficulty here a five. Okay, it's, I am there not... There is a storm coming up. Okay, I'm not spending a penny. You're not? Nope. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you you've got you've got a whole stack of them. Bennies are meant for things other than bird summoning. Okay. Turtle summoning. You gonna summon a turtle? Talking to fish. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Aaron, let me know when I can jump in here. Okay, you can jump in here. Okay. Well, the Duke, being a very uh, unsubtle kind of guy, wanting to take a more direct route, um, he's just gonna walk up on the boat and walk down in below decks unless someone tries to stop him. Nobody tries to stop you. 
Okay, I'm just going to walk to where I can hear the noise. So you step down below decks, and, you know, you've not been on a lot of pleasure cruisers, mm-hmm. but uh, this one is rather nice. It's efficient, don't get me wrong. It's not, like, opulent and, and whatnot, but it is, uh, you, you, you come into a large, you know, meeting room, or a, a large working room, I should say. You see that, you know, things have been flipped over and whatnot, but, you know, you, you can easily imagine that this was nice. Uh, not so much right now. Uh, but you imagine, you know, 15 minutes prior to to the present, uh, this was probably a very nice room. As it is right now, it looks quite junky. Um, and things have been torn off the wall. Drawers uh, have been pulled out of cabinets, flipped over, and there's just a, a huge mess in here. And you see the, the uh, you know, large other Fenris son. And uh, you also see Baron Fenris. And he turns and looks at you and he's like, oh, Duke, I didn't know you were here. Good evening, Baron. Guten Abend. What are you doing? We have a reason to believe that this Joseph Rack is a terrorist. We are seeking to prove it. What are you looking for? I believe that he was instrumental in both bombings at Ironclaw Tower in a lame attempt to pin it on us. And I will not have my good name besmirched. So you had, do you have any idea or are you just looking for anything that might be incriminating? His son turns and goes, we haven't found anything. Well, obviously, you're still looking. He scowls at his son, who withers just a little bit. Why did you not tell the Iron Claws what you were doing? We had hoped to present his guilt as a wedding gift. I see. Very well, I'll leave you to it then. They uh, continue flipping the place. All right, I'll go back up top. The damn birds, fair weather friends. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> a pox on all of them. You have to cast a spell against them now. It's the last time they get birds. <laughs> I'll say to Jeremiah, um, I was right. They're, they they think that uh, that uh, they were going to be framed for the bombings, and they think he had something to do with it. And they're they're blindly stumbling around looking for something to incriminate him with. Well, uh, I certainly would like to talk to this person, and he's not here. So I think our best bet is to. Uh, just keep our eyes open. Maybe go back up in the chopper. We find, we find something amazing. That the Second World War never happened. That, yes, many, many people were exterminated by the Nazis during that period. But the Allies, and I'm going to throw that up in air quotes because such a thing doesn't exist in this universe. But the Allies intervened and stopped it. And crush the Nazis. The Nazis did not exist as a as a potent force after after the war. There were decades that followed of prosperity, and certainly there were other conflicts, but nothing quite so horrific as as what happened under the Nazis during the war, or what has happened since. And you you are immediately struck by the fact that your parents died at Nazi hands, hands that would not exist in this other world. And so I imagine I'm I'm getting a little emotional. Is there is any of this triggering memories or ringing a bell, bringing up a sense of deja vu in me, or does it? I mean, does it just sound like a storybook world that I'd have no recollection of? You don't get any particular recollection of that world, though. There is that one fellow here that every time you see him, you feel a certain sense of deja vu, and it's that trap fellow. You know, if you'll recall, he's you know rather slender, long blonde hair, you know, tied back in a ponytail. While 
one side of his face, he appears to be quite an attractive young man, but the other side of his face is, ho- face is horribly scarred. Uh, looks like he was burned really badly. But despite that, he's got a very friendly smile, and there's something about that smile that reminds you of something. I'm going to pull Joseph aside. So you're, you're over there, and you know, Joseph is doing the same thing, just you know, going through the data. Or well, I'm going to walk over to Joseph, and I'm going to say, there, this other world seems like a better world, and we have one night to make it happen. You know, I, I, I don't disagree. I think the only way we're going to find out where this time machine is is, is to get the information out of Patrick Ironclaw directly. He nods. I, you may be right. I just wonder where he, where one might keep such a thing. I mean, but we have no idea the the size of it or anything. No. I mean, don't. it could be it could be in his office. It could be a belt. It could be a it could be anything. Well, and you know, you're you're you are. Eh, I'm not going to give that to you. Roll, uh, roll me a notice. And if I recall, you don't have notice. No, you are correct. I just. So you're going to do a D4 and a D6 minus two. And I'm okay. going to make your difficulty here a five. All right. Oh, let me get my D4. Hold, please. All right. So my D4 explodes. And once again. And again. And again. Uh, Good point is I'm, I'm more than four. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> probably about <laughs> 19 right now. Okay. Probably. Probably, Paul. No, wait. Phil four times four plus three. 19. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, um, you do recall. That, you know, when you were in that that office, you know, when you st- when you took the, the leather journal, you took uh, those computer files. You do recall that he did seem to have a number of trophies there in that room. I, I tell this, I tell this to Rick and I, you know, I say it, it, it could be in the room where I got this book. And so I look over to uh, Shadow Override and I'm going to ask him, how many are you? How many are are we in the resistance in the resistance uh, here? We are 300. There are others around around the city, but here in Shadow, we are three hundred. Can we can we call upon as many as we can as quickly as we can? You you see, he grimaces and yes. What are what are what are your thoughts? We need a distraction. I don't think that will be a problem, he says. Jeremiah, the pilot of the helicopter, says, "Sir, we've got a message for you." Patch it through. He patches it through, and you put the headset on. You, it's one of your one of your warriors from the tower, and he's like, "Sir, I'm I'm very sorry to report this, but the ladies and and your son, they're they're missing." What do you mean they're missing? The ladies and your son, they are missing. There there was, the the vehicles did not arrive at the safe house. They the we when we went to search, the vehicles were empty, and they are missing. Where's my brother? Um, don't be alarmed. They're safe. Horrible. I'm sorry, Excel, because you're in the costume. I should call you Excel. I should I should respect the mask. Is what I'm That's saying. right. That's right. So uh, you are out there on the corner, and you know you're waiting to see what happens with with your software gig. Your phone rings, and it's your fiance. Hello. Are you ever coming home? How long is this going to take tonight? I'm scared. The, the warriors are out on all the corners, and uh, it's practically martial law out there. When are you coming home? Well, hon, they have everything locked down. I'm, I'm waiting for, the, for them to let me out of the building. You work for a very important man. Why can't you come home? Because it's the very important man was the one that was attacked. 
Um, you have noticed all night that uh, there is a storm brewing out on the horizon, out across the water. Um, you know, the water's been choppy, the wind is up, and all of a sudden you hear this choom, and this gigantic sphere of water comes launching out of, uh, of the bay. And it's, I mean, it is, it's unreal because, you know, water doesn't do that. Water doesn't stay in a spherical form. Water streams, water pours, water showers, but it doesn't stay in, in a gigantic ball. And you see it arcing across the city. And I mean, it's, it's the strangest, almost most magnificent thing you've ever seen. And you see it crashes into a building. This thing is gigantic. It's, you know, dozens of feet round. And uh, it crashes into a building and tears through the side of it. And water sprays everywhere. And you're just like, oh my god. You know, you're, you're, you're shocked by this. And I shouldn't say that you're shocked by this. You tell me what you think of this. Um, I think shocked is a pretty good word. <laughs> I, so I'm kind of, I'm watching it. I'm like, Han, I need to get to the safe room. What's going on? I heard that. What's going on? I'll call you back. And as you're about to hang up, you see another one comes arcing. And you see it's heading towards the neighborhood that you live in, where your home is. And it's arcing across the sky and tumbling down. I am running full speed towards home. So you are tearing ass across town, you know, and you, you still see it in the air. And it, of course, has slowed down as you're, you know, just pouring on as much speed as you possibly can. Does it look like it's going to actually smash into my neighborhood? It does. It looks like it, it looks like it's going to, if, if it's not going to hit it, it's going to come precariously close to your home. I am going to go in my home in costume, probably freak the hell out of my fiance. And uh, I don't want to just grab her and super speed her out because I don't want to like be impacted to do anything. Right. But so I'm gonna go up, basically stop, grab her, and then run. Okay. So pull her out of the building. You come, you you come ripping through the door, up the stairs, you know, zig zigzagging up to your to your to your floor. You come through the doorway, and she hasn't even cradled the phone yet from hanging up with you and she's she's in her bathrobe it's a it's a little pink terry cloth shorty robe you know that, that goes about uh midway down her thighs you stop right in front of her and she gasps you you grab her up you're taking her in your arms sorry about this then i grab her and yeah yeah and then back out the building right yep and as you come out the bottom of the building the spear crashes into the building and just shears away half of the building itself and you're 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 you know outpacing the debris easily as you get around you know get two blocks down and around the corner and slow down and she has just now started screaming uh, i get to the point where i can stop and i uh, i set her down it's gonna be okay now you're safe yeah carl what are you doing i just kinda i go i go quiet trying to decide do i uh, do i tell her anything Oh, why do you think I'm Carl? <laughs> um, you see, you know, where the where the first sphere hit, you're kind of looking over her shoulder, and you see the water is all gathering back up, and it's forming this bipedal figure, this giant bipedal figure that's about 100 feet tall. And it is, it is this, this, you know, titan in size and starts moving through the city, knocking, you know, buildings... Uh, as it as it goes past, and you see the other sphere that came is doing the same thing. 
Meanwhile, okay. you see a third sphere launching through the air. Is it heading toward us at all? Uh, not towards you. Okay. I kind of look back at that. I look at her. I look back at that. I look at her. <sighs> Damn it. I am... Do secret identities mean nothing? I pull up the mask and let her see that it is me. And then I pull it down. People are going to die. I have to go. And she pulls you close, kisses you hard on the mouth. Go do what you have to do. I love you. Yes, ma'am. You take off. Say that again real slow. I don't I don't know what has happened. I don't know why we are attacking your city. I just received a message from Cousteau that the ladies and your son have been taken into protective custody by my father. And it's at this point that you guys see what I just described to Excel. You see the giant water spheres. You see the, the horrible damage that the first and the second one, and now the third one, has done on the city. And as the third one is, is crashing in, you see forms, you know, these gigantic bipedal forms rising up. And Duke Eris, you know exactly what these are. These are sea trolls. And they are monsters. Huh. You know what your father's planning to do. Eris, you look me in the eye right now. You pick a side. You're either with me and we're going to go save my family, or you're with your nation. There's no your, room for the middle. Your city is doomed. United Tribes and Knights of Rainsboro are productions of IdeologyofMadness.com. Nazis, many Nazis, were in fact harmed in the production of this podcast. Really, so many Nazis.